that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, um, we're now a week into it, five days. It is Friday, November 10th. Uh, we have multiple games played from almost every team in the state, or at least most teams in the state. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Good, good. Still much, much, uh, still kind of getting your feet wet with a lot of these teams. You know, we haven't had really the the big marquee matchups yet. I, th- I guess Baylor-Auburn still probably the biggest matchup yeah. on the men's side that we've had. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's still it's still nice. It's still nice to, and we're still on the time, the kind of year or the time of year, I should say, where you can turn on the TV like almost any time, and like there's mm-hmm. something happening, right? Like there's usually a a two p.m. tip off, a four p.m. tip off, and then like of course you got the yeah. late lights. Yeah, um, it's definitely getting easier. We're starting to learn these teams, and uh, we'll get into these these games, uh, these takeaways, uh, like we did last time. Uh, for those maybe didn't. Uh, listen to the last one. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll both be given four takeaways. Um, it's very loose. You know, we can go up or down, whatever. But, um, yeah, so we'll essentially be getting to at least, you know, seven, eight games um, every episode and be, do a deep dive on those and then also get some notable results. So yep. I want to go first this time. Okay. You're, you're very first. eager. <laughs> I, I have five games written down. So you can okay. take one, maybe two. Maybe I can scrape the barrel. Um, but I'm going to start with a team that I've watched twice this week, and I didn't even watch all their games. SMU played three games. SMU men played three games in four days to start its season. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I yeah. genuinely was like, wait, didn't they just play on Wednesday? Now they play again Thursday? I was like, how is this happening? Started with Monday. We talked about their result on Monday, the uh, uh, Southwestern Assemblies of God game where they didn't look great. Mm-hmm. Then Wednesday and Thursday they play Western Illinois and Lamar at home. Yeah, Lamar Lamar one is interesting because you know obviously Lamar home t- um, uh, Texas team, so we wanted to see that. But um, the Western Illinois game, I thought they looked fine. You know, Spry, you know, Phelps looked good. They they looked mm-hmm. oh, they looked good. The Lamar game was interesting because I'm like, how are they playing a third game in four nights? How is this team gonna come out against a Lamar team that I thought had a lot of good energy? Uh, moved the ball well, scored the ball well, and hung in there. And SMU wins 78-67 to 67, um, in a game that never really got out of hand. I know Lamar cut it kind of at the end, but mm-hmm. I don't want to take too much from the SMU game like in terms of only SMU versus Lamar yeah. because I think that's unfair for a team playing three games in four days. But big picture – I don't feel great about SMU at this point. Like I, it, even though they're three and zero, they played an NAIA school and two teams outside of the top three hundred. Like, sure. With that being said, they're still not shooting the ball great. They are, was it thirty one percent from three and forty nine percent from two, sixty six percent from the free throw line. Like, that's just what this team is going to be. And 
they're going to have to play defense. So I want to start yeah. with them because they played the most games this week. Shout out to Lanier for getting them going. They have Texas A&M on Tuesday. So I think this is a nice little precursor to be like, all right, what are we expecting going into that game um, as well? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it might just have to be that type of that type of that type of year for them because like which i don't know the, the hire of rob lanier is very interesting to me because he, he comes in from georgia state where he took over for um hunter hunter yes ron hunter is that who that two lane now and he may again georgia state was probably one of the best like low i guess like low budget i don't know i don't mean that's a pejorative they don't have a lot of money there um and so like low budget mid-majors they're consistently one of the best under under both hunter and then linear kind of kept that going um i believe he was an assistant for no he was a tennis he's at tennessee that's right uh before there but he maintains it and you kind of saw the pedigree right he coached under rick barnes He, he followed him to tennessee and um you kind of saw the idea. It's like, okay, let's bring this guy in who has had success in the state, went somewhere else, had his own program, and then kind of did that. But, like, again, you watched the basketball that Georgia State played, and it was not pretty. Like, it just wasn't. They were – they were – it was kind of uh, – not kind of. I mean, they were consistently one of the worst offensive teams in the Sun Belt while balancing that out with being one of the best defensive teams, arguably the best defensive team. Um, I believe, let me see if I can find the number right here. So through his three years at Georgia State, this is for per Ken Palm adjusted offense, 115th, 115th, 202 in the country, right? Um, and conversely, he finished, I believe, 119th in defenses last year, which is which in the Sun Belt, that's that's that was still one of the best when you read it for, for conference. Sure. So yeah, I mean, that's just not what he does and i think the problem now is that you look at this smu team and it's like okay well i need to see the deep where the where the upside on defense is going to come from right because i think we look at a lot of these players as phelps sammy williamson um and we see upside offensively chuck harris chuck harris right we see upside offensively but it's like oh i don't know if these are going to be the guys that like yeah you're going to be on this like, okay, well, this is going to be a top defensive team in the AAC, which I know they aren't because there's going to be better teams in them just by what we know about other teams like UNT and things like that. Um, Zurich Phelps threw three games in the year is one of 10 from three. Um, he went eight of 16 from two uh, against uh, swag, but uh, in the last two games, four of nine and one of five from two. So it's a, it, they, they're going to need him to be more efficient. He shoots a lot. Um, yeah. They're going to need him. They're going to need Chuck Harris to be uh, more consistent. He went 18 points to two points to 16 points. So those are two. But I want to start with SMU because they played three games and they have Texas A&M coming up next. I, I'm i interested to see A&M tonight against Ohio State. So yeah. we'll get a better feel for them there. But going into it, I am I think A&M should win that game by double digits. Yeah. No, I mean, if A&M does look as good as, you know, we kind of – expected or hit, uh, that i kind of hinted that they looked earlier in the year after, in their debut yeah i think that they, they should they should clean um we can talk about kind of the weekend slate afterward but yeah no it's, this is going to be like this is the first like really interesting test for a lot of teams across the yeah. state um all right i want to go with one of mine mm-hmm. and i want to talk about i think i texted you this 
Uh, I'm going Baylor men's and I'm getting not to the same extent, but I'm getting very 2020, 2021 backcourt vibes from this Baylor team right now. Um, in the sense that, of course, that was, we, we kind of talked about it after they won the title. I was like, that's the best ISO team I think we can ever, we'll ever see. Um, definitely we have seen. Yeah, This one isn't that, but this is, I think this is Baylor's best trio of shot creators, possibly a foursome of shot creators that we've seen since that title team. Um, it's not, it's not Ray J. Dennis creating everything, right? He hasn't played the cleanest games. He's had a couple turnovers. I think he has he like seven turnovers. Yeah, he had seven turnovers. And uh, and like uh, four of them came in like a three-minute stretch in the first half. And I was like, what am what am I watching? <laughs> right, right, right. Like he, has, he hasn't played clean. Um, but I think that still says a lot that yeah. I haven't watched his game and be like, he's a problem yet yeah. with those. Um, you look at his, I think, I think, I forgot, I think it was Cameron Stewart uh, who hosts the Baylor Locked On podcast who talked about his assist to turnover ratio with James Akinjo's and heading into Baylor, they were, his was like a lot better in terms of like, just like overall efficiency. Um, so I don't think that's a problem, but what I do want to say is watching him and Jaden Nunn and Jacoby Walter, and then mentioning guys um, like even Jalen Bridges, like not to say him as a creator, but it's like, I thought I underestimated him as a shot creator. Um, and then Langston love, like a lot of these guys are like, they can just create for themselves in ways that like only like one or two players used to be able to, or like have been able to for Baylor. Right. You looked at last year with uh, Flagler and Keontae George and it was kind of like, okay, those are the only two guys really. And everybody else has to kind of feed off of that. Um, James Akinjo setting up guys like Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan and the, the bigs on that team. This one feels like their most dynamic scoring team in a while. I okay. I agree that it's a diverse offense. It feels like a offense that can beat you in a lot of ways. If I love the depth on this team, length and love, mm-hmm. you know. Um you go down the list, even Mira Little Little got in. Caleb Loner's like their eleventh man here. And he yeah, you texted me that. I was like, What? That's that's crazy. <laughs> I was like I was like, he got in against Auburn. I was like, Oh yeah, he's he's still on the team. I he's still about on that. the team. Um I also I will say I also underestimated just entirely Jaden Nunn in generally. Jayden like he's Nunn. off to a hot start. Um, I thought he'd be a good contributor, but he's been like, it's just like, oh yeah, they added just a 10 point per game scorer. Yeah. Like in addition to everybody else. So anyway, what was the point you were making? I, I, I like, yes. Okay. So I like the offensive versatility. I like the diversity they can attack from all stuff. To me, my only question mark, and I think the reason they, they struggled at times with Auburn was those guys are all good, but mm-hmm. they need a go-to guy and I'm interested who that's going to be. Is it going to be Jacoby Walter? Right. Um, because I think it has, to, I think it is, I think it's going to be, I think it might and be. That, that's a lot of pressure to put on a freshman yeah. to be your best player and your go-to guy, because if he's not the go-to guy, like who is, like, I, again, I like Ray J. Dennis. I like all Jaden Nunn. I like all the guys we talked about. They don't, they don't give off to me that Maceo T girl. Mm-hmm. Jared Butler type, like where they can kind of take over a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Antique might have been a wrong example, but you know that type of thing. So I'm interested: is is Kobe Walter going to have to score 20 plus against good teams to win games? I I just don't know. Can, I don't know who else can score 25 points against yeah. Houston 
take over. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ray J. Dennis does it, but I mean, or, I will like, say the physicalities look like it's given him some issues, uh, Ray J. Dennis, some issues so far, against, yeah. especially against a team like Auburn. And, you know, that partially that's, you know, that's part of Bruce Pearl basketball, but like yeah. that's a good foil to what he'll see with a Houston, right? Like it's um, a good team. Like, like yeah. it's obviously a good team. It's obviously a very talented team, but I'm like, right. who's the, go-to guy here and it has to be jacoby walter i I was about to say i think i think it will end up being jacoby walter um i think we saw it in that auburn game him take over um but yeah i i i think it's been a slow start for ray j dennis from what we expected but i still think that we expected a lot from him and so like the fact that this is considered a slow start because he's still shooting what was he like 60 percent from the floor he went um, against Auburn. Uh, I don't. The second game, I skimmed over their stats. I don't have. Yeah. Um. Let me see. I'm trying to think. The second John game, Brown. He, he was fine against John Brown. Like again, like John. <laughs> that game was actually kind of funny because like John Brown wasn't. Like I didn't watch that game, and you, I think they shot like 50 percent or high 40s, and you're like, what happened to Baylor's yeah. defense? But like, 50%. I was watching that game, and I was like. John Brown's just like putting up shots and like making them. And I was like, what's I was like, what's going on here? I think I tweeted out. I was like, John Brown's exactly how uh how I would coach. I was like, are you open? Shoot that thing. It's like, you not open, shoot that thing. Like we we, we cooking. Um, so if you honestly, anybody that's just interested in that <laughs> that type of game, go back and watch. It's a very interesting game yeah. where you're like, this isn't bad defense, but this guy's like five of ten from three. Um, yeah. but anyway, uh yeah, he went, let's see. 8 of 12. Yeah, he went 8 of 12 for 16 points against John Brown. So, like, you know, fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's been playing fine. But, like, we have we expected a lot from him. Um, so, again, I, I'm not – I'm just very intrigued by, like, a lot of the shot creation on this team so far. So, this that's a, kind of my thing. It's a, No, I agree. This is a fascinating team. Yeah. I have just so many question marks. And, I mean, we didn't even talk about the center position. Sure. Where, I was about to say, like, if the fact that, like, if Eves Massey can be this, he's he's the he's the starter, right? I mean, look, Jonathan Chamachacho has started both games. I think he played eight minutes against Auburn, seven minutes in their second game. I yeah. we love Jonathan Chamachacho, but it's yeah. very clear it's like he he's not where he was two. The years future's ago. now, old man. Yeah, <laughs> the future's now, old man. Like, listen, dude, I saw Eves Massey on that fast break dunk, just like throw down. I was like. Oh no no no! He he is it. Like <laughs> we need punch it on him. I was like, Bro. okay. I was like, this is dude. this dude is different. Like, yeah. It, nah, we it's it's. I'm sorry, John. He can be the be, he can be the sixth man of the year in the Big Twelve, Jonathan Chamuchacho, right? But he is not starting anymore. I'm sorry. No, no. and um, and to think he to think he reclassified, yeah. like he should be a senior in high school right now. He's yeah. Be. yeah. So this is you could tell in the Auburn game, like physically, he's he's. Look, Josh Ojanwuna, another one, and so they'll, they'll rotate those three in. Yeah. Like Eastman season yeah. doesn't have to do it himself. He's not doesn't have to play thirty minutes, sure, which is great. But um, it's very clear to me Eastman C is the highest upside. They're going to need him in the tournament run, oh, like, yeah. and which is great because I think he can do it. I think he's going to be awesome. So, oh yeah, that that alone it was an interesting thing. I'm like, yeah, you know, Jonathan's in to start the, the halves, but then you you don't see him again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he. All respect to, to, to Jonathan Chamachacho. We know what he's been through and everything. But, uh, yeah, this Yzmasi is is the real freaking deal. That dude is legit. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to North Texas. North Texas men mm-hmm. uh, versus Northern Iowa. This was on Tuesday night, so we didn't talk about it. But we knew this was a top 100 matchup. Two teams um, picked, you know, in the top half of their conferences. I think Northern Iowa was second in their conference going in. And – 
this was a great test for North Texas going into the season. I, I said it on the, the Green Room podcast. It's a, a shameless plug. This is a game North Texas has lost in years past. Like mm-hmm. the, the hard game, like in the first game or second game, third game of the season at, at home, even mm-hmm. they're just not quite there yet. And it takes them a bit to get going. Yeah. The difference with this team is this is the second best, at least the second best offensive team at North that North Texas has rolled out, obviously, since, you know, the Grand McCaslin, mm-hmm. in terms of the McCaslin hot arrow. Um, Damn, they are fun to watch. This yep. is a different North Texas team. They're playing faster. Um, Aaron Scott, 26 points on 8 of 15 shooting in 43 minutes. The game goes to overtime, and North Texas pulls it out. North Texas was in control for through 80% of the regulation. Northern Iowa then comes back, and North Texas offense kind of hits a hits a rut. Um, and then it looked like Northern Iowa was going to win. North Texas gets a lucky foul call at the end of the game, ties it up, and goes to overtime and wins. Um, so overall, like I don't leave this game saying, wow, North Texas is way better than I thought. This mm-hmm. game went about how I expected it to go. Aaron Scott's legit. Ruben Jones is freaking awesome uh, defensively, and they have good talent. Um, I'm interested to see how this develops because they're going to have to get better defensively. Northern Iowa was a tough team to play week one or game mm-hmm. one uh, with how much they cut, move. Um, you know, you're playing Hoosiers out there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to, to keep up at times. But overall, I was happy with, with the win, and uh, Aaron Scott looked uh, very good. How did you uh, – I didn't get to see this game, but how did you – how did the tempo look? Because, you know, Ross Hodge mentioned – I think it's funny how, like, both Grant and Ross Hodge mentioned how, like, offensively they're going to be a little more up-tempo. I was like, was it just you guys in the room together that just, like, we can't do fast breaks ever? You know, like – but, like, the, as soon as you guys get away, it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be a little bit more – it was like, wait, what what, what happened? You know, like, the, they thought the other guy wanted to play slow. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. It was like, oh, we got to sacrifice for Ross Hodge. And Ross like, we got to sacrifice because Grant doesn't want to (laughs) run. Look, Northern Iowa is a team that I think is also going to play slow. So that was kind of a weird-ish combination uh, where neither team was looking to press and run as much. But I do Mm -hmm. think North Texas is playing faster. Um, If nothing Mm -hmm. else, I saw some shots early in the clock that I never thought I would have seen ever. Um Jason Edwards, I also want to give him a shout out. He's the next. He he is what Tyler Perry was two years ago, where Tyler Perry came off the bench and mm, was that, first team kind of that Juco Yeah, under under uh, yeah, underrated. Foot, yeah, just kind of fill it up. Um, I don't think he's not as good as Tyler Perry, but yeah. he led them in scoring in the scrimmage and the exhibition, I believe. Okay, and um, he is a guy who can come in and and fill it up if he gets space. So that's good off the bench. Um, but I do think they'll play a little faster. I think the defensive potential in a lineup where Ruben Jones is your one, as mm. opposed to Tyler Perry, is incredibly intimidating. Because you go Ruben Jones, 6'5", CJ Nolan, and um, uh, Bugs, John Bugs, 6'3". Mm-hmm. And then you go Aaron Scott, 6'7", and then whoever the five is between Sissoko and Allen at 6'9", 6'10". So... That the, the potential's there. They didn't yeah. look like a great defense against Northern Iowa. I think Northern Iowa's a pretty damn good team. But um, yeah, overall, I was it was a good win. Nice. Uh, by the way, a little little side thing on Tyler Perry: twenty two points in his debut. Uh, they lost to USC, but still, he's he's going to be Tyler Perry. It looks like uh, they're having him be the number one guy there. So that's yeah. really cool. They they need him 
not that this is in Kansas State podcast, but they need him because uh, Tomlin is suspended for Ooh. indefinitely. So he's they're trying to figure that out. So Tom, yeah. he's going to be getting 20 shots a game. That's yeah. all I know. No, I was, I was curious when you mentioned him. I was like, oh, how has he done his debut? So, um, all right, switching over to the women's side, our first women's takeaway. Are you going to take my women's game? Let's see. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm more excited for AM now. Okay, you did. Yeah. 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 I like good. like so so they beat they beat AM Corpus Christi, who is a good team, right? They beat them 73-50. Um Corpus Christi is gonna be one of the favorites. I think they are the favorite in the South yes. one. Um held Alicia Westbrook to nothing, basically. Um, but the one thing that I did not necessarily expect to see, Lauren Ware and and Jenna, like the fact that Janai Barker did not have to do anything really in this game, yeah. and they won comfortably she played 23 minutes only had to shoot three times uh she you know she had some issues with turnovers and i think she got in foul trouble but like she still played 23 minutes right yeah and they smoked them very easily you had lauren Ware putting up a double double 15 points 12 rebounds that's insane uh Kula Bali, her debut 17 points on 7 and 10 shooting india rogers six assists no turnovers in her debut like and she can score the ball. She only had to score what eight points in this one. Yeah. Look. No, twelve points. There it is. Twelve points. Look, we. I had. I was very scared because Kendall Hunter was supposed to play a big part of this, especially off the bench. And when they lost her, I was like, okay, what happens to the depth of this team? Not saying this is going to get. Te- this was going to get tested against Corpus Christi. Yeah. But the fact that Janiah Barker didn't have to do much, Sydney Bowles didn't have to do much. She only had three points in this game. Um, Malia Johnson. Only four points in this game. I love that there's like maybe another gear to this AM team because last year we saw it. It was Janai Barker or Bust, right? Like every single game. And I just love the fact that she, I think this is going to be a year where she's going to be allowed to grow because somebody like Lauren Ware can come in and give you a double double against an all conference player like an Alicia Westbrook. I watched this game last night um, in its totality. Mm-hmm. And um, my main takeaway was, I, I said going into the year, Asia Koulibaly was an underrated addition. Yeah, I watched her at Auburn, and sure enough, I think she looked like the best player on this team. Um, sure. Now I think Janai Barker is the best team player on this team as far as you know talent goes, but Koulibaly, you can tell, has been there, done this, is incredibly comfortable inside the arc. Uh, incredibly comfortable catching a ball in different spots, turning around and finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought she was fantastic. So uh, Asia Koulibaly um, is my like player of the game there. I think Lauren Ware is also, like you said, honorable mention, five blocks. She blocked everything. Yeah, I think in combination with Barker, Lauren Ware was probably the most encouraging performance just because of what she can let, what she can take off Janiah Barker's plate a little bit. What so? What did you think of Janai Barker though? Like, do you, was it just like she was just getting cardio out there for twenty three minutes? So yeah, like, kind of. Want to take too much out of it. Like, like I, yes. I, I mean, look, she shot the ball three times. She shot right. two threes. Uh, I didn't think the threes looked bad. It's um, hard for me to. It's five hard fouls, six. I was about to say the foul trouble, if anything, was is the most concerning thing. Um, it's not the six turnovers. I mean, because I think I think if you're out of rhythm, you just try to do yeah. stuff. <laughs> Right. And so I think, but I think, and I think the five fouls gets you out of rhythm. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a, 
like a yellow flag, I guess. Not really like an orange flag or, you know. Beige flag. Beige. I don't know. Whatever. You're it's not even beige. Not, I wouldn't say not even beige. No, not even. Okay. Like, again, like, I think that if this is something that continues, obviously. But if yeah. she had so much last year in terms of, like, turnovers. And if, one, <laughs> this isn't a good thing. But, like, if she's just a big who just, like, turns the ball over, then it's like that may just be part of her game where it's just, like, that's how you know. I, I don't know. I I I'm more concerned with the five fouls because then I think that are, that contributes to the turnovers, in my opinion. Or um, I mean, you could also look at it the other way, where it's like she's turning the ball over, therefore trying to get the ball back and then fouling. You know, so yeah. we'll see. I'll put a like I said, a little little yellow flag in that. Yellow um, who's there? I'm trying to think. Do they have UNT coming up this weekend? Yeah, North Texas coming up on Sunday. Yeah, so they got UNT and Purdue. So like you know, good group of five and then a, a power five team. We'll see. Like it's not the hardest schedule before they play. I think Kansas, I think, is their uh, biggest challenge non-conference. Um, so again, if if we're still talking a, a couple weeks from now or next week, and it's like, yeah, she had like four turnovers and five turnovers, and it's like, okay, then we got something. I watched Janiah Barker over the summer play for Team USA, mm-hmm. um, where I thought she was. You can again, you just watch and you're like, damn, this girl's good. Like, yeah, she's really good. I'm I'm still waiting for her to put it all together. Sure. This is a future WNBA player. This is a top three player in her class. Yeah. This is, in order for this team to get, in order for this team to be a top six team in the SEC, which is where I predicted them to be. Right. She has to be. I don't want to throw out numbers, but damn, she's got to be in the fourteen points per game range. Sure. No, I would say like, on yeah. on good efficiency, right? Yeah, Not turning the ball over, so, on shooting the ball well. Yeah. No, I agree. That's gonna be that's an interesting thing to me is she now has all this talent around. She doesn't have to do anything, but mm-hmm. in order for this team to reach its ceiling, she has to play at um a higher level. So I'm I, that's something we're gonna be tracking. That's cool. All right, that was my women's one, but that's okay. Um, I want to talk real quick about Texas Tech men. Okay, let's do because, it. Here. Um, spoiler alert: A Grant McCaslin team plays defense. Yeah, <laughs> A&M Commerce had 17 points at halftime, um, and just that the game was over. I that was a flex game for, for Grant McCaslin. Yeah, he's like, all right, they're not scoring the ball because right. I have these guys on defense now, and um, it's a little different. It's a little bit different. And then the nice thing is, you know, Pop Isaacs goes out there. He didn't wasn't efficient, but he was, yeah. you know, filled it up. Um, We'll see how you know the other guys do. I, I caught this game on and off, so I don't want to like break it down in too much depth, but the mm-hmm. defense was there. That was blatantly obvious to me. So that's a good result. Nice. You're sold. Yeah. I think um <laughs> I mean this this was unfortunately this was always gonna be a tough not even just because it's tech, but like Grant McCaslin was gonna show what his brand of basketball was all about in this game. So it was always gonna be a tough game for commerce to do anything because he was like all right, let's let's put our footprint on this, and let me just say, boom! Here is what Tech basketball will be under Graham McCaslin, and it resulted in them shooting twenty eight percent from the floor from, from in the first half. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Pop Isaacs didn't have to do too much. I think uh, Warren Washington flashed enough, right? He didn't yeah. have a he, he eight rebound or sorry, eight points, twelve rebounds, like. Okay, like that is that the you know you can tell he hasn't had that type of player before at Arkansas State or North Texas, and so it's mm-hmm. gonna be really fun just to see what he can do um, with him. So uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, not nothing too crazy. Uh, who's the next game coming up? Which one for Tech? Yeah, for uh, San Jose State, and they got Corpus Christi, and then they go to battle for Atlantis with Villanova. So they'll get a Everybody, test real quick. Yeah. 
So solid start. Solid start. I agree. Yeah. All right. Okay. You got anybody else? Yes, I got one more women's game. Uh, I got one and a half more. I'll, I'll but one more main one. Tech has a point guard, and her name is Bailey Maupin. <laughs> like, look, that's part partially that's that's a hyperbole, but also I watched that game against UTRGB, and I th- yes, Jasmine Shavers had twenty six points in that game. She was fantastic. I think this is the year where Bailey Maupin takes like the leap from like good freshman to potential all-conference fringe all-conference player she finished with four assists um i believe tied with um uh merit as well jordan merit as well with four assists she had again here's an issue she had six turnovers right but i think that they're still working out who the primary playmaker is going to be on this team i think that if if jasmine shavers can just worry about scoring the ball yep I think that they're in a really good spot, in a better spot than I think I maybe pegged them when when Jay Zion Jackson got hurt. Um, I think uh, I do think McKinney didn't, or she was like she she played a little bit. Uh, she didn't start in this game. Ten points off, or excuse me, ten minutes. Ten points. No, ten yeah, points. Ten points. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing with Bailey Malpin is like, it blows my mind that she came from two way basketball. Like she came from Groover, Texas, two way basketball, and she's like, "Yeah, no, this is all cool." Like this is like there was one fast break where she called for the ball, and I think it was to Jasmine Shavers, and it was just like one of those like layup drills. It was it was a two on two, like it wasn't a, a easy scenario, and she just like not even no look, but just like the underhanded little flick right yeah. there to Jasmine Shavers, who finished. I think it was Jasmine Shavers who finished it off, and just like. Like there's a swagger to her that I just love in her game. So yeah, that's I think she's gonna be fine, and I think Tech's gonna be fine. Now again, the Big Twelve's really tough this year, so like fine, maybe like eighth, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, um, but I think this is a team to watch for next year because I do think with her Jasmine Shavers together, right, going in a full year of these two, I think this Tech team could be really dangerous for the future. Um, I don't have any more that I've watched completely, yeah. but I will give a shout out to, um, or not a shout out, actually, this is negative, but uh, SFA lost to Middle Tennessee, uh, SFA oh. men, and this is a game they're up 31-22 at halftime. Mm. It looked like for most of the second half, I was just checking the score on and off. I did see, actually, actually I watched the majority of overtime, Yeah. Um, but watching on my phone, I was like, all right, well, SFA is up two, up four, you know, in the second half, and then middle tennessee comes back this was at middle tennessee so that's a tough place but in overtime the defense kind of folded a bit middle scored Mm -hmm. 13 points um and just kind of pulled away so i i don't have any major takeaways latrell Giselle, 16 points on five of eight shooting four or five from three four assists so he's really good as we know day day hall 15 points five boards um a six of nine shooting he's really good as we know Mm -hmm. it's going to be the rest of the team figuring out where, how they fit together. Krishan Christmas is the only other player that played over 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. So after those two, like Trail Giselle, 38 minutes, Day Day Hall, 32, uh, Krishan Christmas, 32, everybody else was 23 or less. So that's going to be the interesting thing is how they work that out. Yeah. Uh, one shout out for me on the women's side, ACU might be back to being pretty good. Uh, they gave Rice a good push. Uh, they lost to Rice 69-58. 
but this is the ACU team that's finished under 500 for the past couple of years, which is not what they're used to doing. Um, so I, I think the one thing with Rice to watch out for is I don't know if they have the playmaking that I think they may need. I don't know if that's going to come from Jazzy Owens Barnett off the bench or not, because right now I think they may be like in the la- in the bottom percentile of the country in like assists and like playmaking. So six, it's a lot of six well, assists against Abilene Christian. Six assists. What? Yeah, six, yeah, yeah. And again, they've played two games already. I think there are. Yeah. Let me see. AC, Houston against Christian. Houston Christian, they had. Uh, had to have had double digits. I hope. I mean, they had twelve. Like not okay. great. Yeah. So like. Again, 12 and six in two games against lesser competitions, not great to me. Um, so I'm curious about them. But for AC, getting back on ACU, Bella Earl, 14 points, five of 10 shooting, right? She played basically the whole game almost. Uh, Zoe Jackson, eight points and three of four. Like they were pretty solid for most of the game. So again, I think this is just they ran into one of the more talented teams in the group of five. But um, I think ACU, I, I was very encouraged by that. Now, again, for Rice, they gave me a little bit of things to critique a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jazzy Owens Barnett, one, will be in the starting lineup soon. Um, they did start Shelby Hayes as, at center. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see on them. But there are some things to kind of take away from both. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the only eight offensive rebounds, if you're Rice, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we said Rice would be a little bigger this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's part of. I think they were trying to do that. I think that's why Shelby Hayes is in the starting lineup now, because yeah. um, she's definitely one of their bigger players. So, like, I think that was them trying to mask a little bit of their rebounding issues. Yeah, but it's like, you know, not a dominant outing on the boards, and then only right. three blocks. It didn't didn't feel like they were much bigger as far as just uh, looking at the stats go. Sure, uh, sure. Um, do I have any other games written down? Um, I have two more like games just to mention, but yep. um, I I wasn't able to watch it. But Tarleton State beats FIU. Tarleton State men beat yeah. FIU. 82, Chaos ball, 65. baby. Um, you know some people were done with Tarleton State when they got blown out by Virginia. Not me. Some not I. <laughs> some people. <laughs> we're trying to figure out who did this. Some people. Some people <laughs> looked at that Virginia lost by thirty and said, "Nope, they don't got it this year." Well, I hate to tell y'all, but Tarleton State through two games. Can I can I interest you seven turnover rate? I was about to say, can I interest you in forty seven turnovers total in this game? <laughs> oh, I love oh, this. They never they never let us down, man. <laughs> it's but, like we ain't playing basketball and y'all ain't playing basketball. <laughs> but uh, 57th in the country in steal percentage as well, though. So hey, they are, we're gonna we're fighting. This is the same team as last year. I love it. 36 percent offensive rebound percentage. Um, the free th- the free throw attempt rate, as we know, it'll get there. Offensively yeah. at 36 percent free throw attempt rate, which is pretty high. Um, the defense 53.3 free throw attempt rate. Oh, that is this is disgusting. Incredible basketball. <laughs> For reference, that's higher than what it was last year at 46.2%. They were bad last year. Which was 359th in the country. And this year, through two games, are at 53% in terms of fouling people. And I'm telling you, look, if you want to watch the most chaotic team, I'm, this is this is a, to anybody listening to this, you want to watch the most chaotic team you've ever seen, watch Tarleton men's basketball. Because you, I'll, I'll guarantee you, you will not be bored, no. right? Because they will make sure that they steal the hell out of the ball 
but they don't know what to do with it either when they get it. And so it may go right back to the other team. So look, if you're a Tarleton fan, I'm very jealous because you get to watch if you're a student, because you get to watch this. Yeah. And I, I may have to make my way over to Stephenville just to watch this because mm-hmm. it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah, I'm trying to see if they got any any trips to DFW. Um no, no. no um, they play SFA. Oh, um, wait, wait. They got UTA. Where? I don't January 4th. There we go. January 4th. They got UTA, baby. I am for I am courtside. I know I know my boy, uh, my boy Matt Wilson. Uh he's in charge of sports and, and stuff there at uh, Arlington and events. So I'm gonna get courtside. I'm gonna be like, we're gonna be like the only two people courtside for that game. So. It's like when I went to that's like when I went courtside to UTSA versus North Texas and San Antonio. <laughs> It was like, oh, this is like thirty dollars. This is the best <laughs> purchase ever. Like sitting courtside, it it honestly it does, nothing beats it. That is a really fun experience. So, um, yes. And then uh, negative shout out to end the show. Um, Sam Houston State. I didn't look. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't understand how Sam Houston State men were eight point favorites against Utah Valley, a team that they never beat. I think they I'm about to say, that's one of the best teams in the WAC. Yeah, lost like five. Like historically, or the last years they've lost five straight games utah valley and mm-hmm. i i opened my phone um because my friend texted me it was like it you know sam houston state eight point favorite i was like wait a minute yeah no and right. i was like this, something's wrong here all right mm-hmm. we know more than vegas because that didn't <laughs> yes. uh but yeah they, they lost uh sam houston state lost 79 73 in overtime um there you go. and I don't want to take too much, but I think Utah Valley is obviously like they made the NIT semifinals last year. Right. They lost some talent from that team, yes, but that's always going to be a very tough matchup uh for Sam. Uh I don't even think it's man, dude. They held okay, so they held Utah Valley three of nineteen shooting from three, but Utah Valley shot twenty-eight of thirty-nine inside the arc. That is yeah. not ideal. What are they just doing layup lines? What's going on there? <laughs> I mean, I'm like Sam Houston State forced 20 turnovers, but if you let a team shoot 72% inside, yeah, the I was about to say, Jesus, that doesn't really matter. The offense was not good either. I mean, six of 24 from three, 15 of 37 from two. So, anyways, uh, the hope I had of this Sam Houston team being a little bit more offensive oriented, uh, I don't want to say it's out the window, but it is, right. it's taking a hit. Cameron, Hefner, yeah, did he, did he get injured? He probably got injured because he only played six minutes, um, and he did not foul out. So hope I'll check on that. But anyways, yeah. I did. We did not watch this game, but uh, I wish you know thought Sam Houston maybe could steal a win there. Right. All right. Let's get into a little bit of this weekend before we head out. Yeah. What do we have? All right. So for me, the one I'm very interested in this weekend, we got Rice women at TCU women. Um, I'm very fascinated by this game because as I men- as I mentioned, I think this is on Sunday, Sunday at noon. Yes. Sunday yes. At- Sunday at noon. Um, th- because I loved what I, what I've seen early from TCU. I think this is a, a completely remade roster. Of course we talked, we make fun of the pick and roll thing, but like, I do think it's really cool that they have like a really distinct identity. Um, they also played another game this weekend and they crushed uh, Kingsville. Um, and like, I just, and then rice, but it's like I mentioned the little little red fl- not red flags, but like the little signs of issues with rice. And I think this is a perfect test for both because whether or not TCU, despite them being Big Twelve, I think rice, I don't say should win this game, but they can expect to win this game, right? In their locker room, they can expect mm-hmm. to go in and beat yeah. TCU. But also, if TCU wins, I'm not 
slagging Rice because I think TCU is a better team, uh, a better team than they were last year. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm I'm very. This is like the first like real litmus test for both teams in my opinion. So I'm very fascinated by this one. Yeah, like I mentioned, Texas A&M uh, plays Ohio State on the road on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a game where we're looking at it saying, all right, is A&M going to be able to continue um, where it picked off picked up last year? Um, I'm looking through the other games. I don't see anything on Saturday on the men's side. Yeah, but the men's slate's kind of, Sunday, at least in Texas, the men's slate's kind of dry a little bit. Sunday, will Oklahoma State fall to 0-2? against Texas mid-major team. Sam Houston State travels up there to Stillwater to play at Oklahoma State. And um, I don't give a damn if Oklahoma State's healthy or not, man. You better be ready. The Sam Houston team. Nobody beats Sam Houston State twice. I was right? about to say, it's a, it's a get-right game for Sam Houston. Get-right game. <laughs> Look, they're coming. Um, so, anyways, that game's on Sunday. I see nothing else. Um, yeah, the men's side's not really the, the women's side. You got North Texas at AM, of course, we talked about. Yes. Uh, Tarleton at Tech, which I'm actually kind of interested in, uh, just to see more from Tech. And then New Mexico State takes on UTSA. Of course, we're an official UTSA women's basketball yes. podcast. And then Lamar at UT Arlington, which again, Lamar is a kind of a frisky team that last year that was like really all of a sudden found themselves contending for the Southland. Um, okay. And UTA also put up a pretty good fight early in their in their first game. Um, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm. I think there's South Florida. I think they almost uh, they hung with a little bit. Thanks so that. we'll see if that continues. That a lot of litmus test games, right? That one's a litmus test game. Um, AM North Texas for on a different level is a litmus test game. And then I mentioned yep. what was the other one? Uh, Rice and TCU. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Um, yep good pod we'll, yeah. we'll be back on tuesday um but yeah thank you all for joining us leave us five star rating review wherever you're listening uh subscribe to the youtube if you haven't already and we're in full basketball mode and so um check us out on twitter dct basketball um twitter which is um going all i mean high school high school ball is starting up too yeah. right yeah high school ball uh, i believe the boys start today the girls have been on uh uh start i think on monday and then the boys yeah. start today so okay or no the, sorry the girls started last week i believe and then the boys right. did you today. see last thing real quick yeah did you see the texas video of roy Harmon? yes dude that was okay so that's actually really cool um so i know jeremy rosenthal's the sid there and he first of all shout out to jeremy because he was like he he was probably the most collaborative i've been with a with a department on a yeah. on a release because he was like very adamant like hey how many boxes are we gonna get shipped and blah 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 and like you know he made sure to hook them up with with enough um but he was like hey we'll pay you know if we need more things like that and like hey is it released yet is it released yet hey make sure you mention me and then they dropped that video yesterday and i was like for those that don't know on the on the women's basketball page uh it was kind of like the whole like Rory Harmon walks in and everybody just so happens to be reading the Dave Campbell's yeah. magazine with her face on it. Um, that was a cool surprise. And then it was like a big, like on, on Instagram, they had like a bunch of photos of them, like reading it and like looking. And it was really cool. Cause her reaction was really cool. Um, Cause I don't think they, I don't, I think that was the first time they got the magazine in. And so like, yeah. she hadn't seen like an actual copy of it. So that was really cool. Um, and then Vic Schaefer posted about it too, saying he'd been reading the football magazine for all his life and, you know, this is his favorite issue of the basketball one by far. So it was really cool. Um, the, like I said, credit to Jeremy. Cause like he was really 
hoping like pump this up and you know um and so that was that that like made my day yesterday because it was like I, not, we haven't had that type of like reaction to a cover before so that was really yeah cool. that was cool i enjoyed that yeah. shout out roy Harmon. shout out texas yeah um but yeah that's all we got uh thank you all for joining us we'll be back on tuesday um y'all have a good weekend and we'll talk to you later